What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Blue Jays Podcast, everything Toronto Blue Jays Podcast. We talk about everything from game updates, series updates, you know, um, injuries, trade rumors, everything, everything you could think of. If it's going on and it's Toronto Blue Jays related, I'm talking about it. So I just wanted to say that right off the bat. Welcome, whether you're here from Mike on the Mic Podcast or whether you're brand new and you saw this on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you were seeing this, I just wanted to say thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for being here. Um, Thank you for believing in me and thank you for giving me a chance because without you guys, I would not be here today. Um, Just to, you know, introduce myself and talk about it before we get into everything Blue Jays. Um, I'm just really excited to start this podcast. I think it's something really special. If you don't know already, I am the host of Mike on the Mic podcast, everything Chicago sports related podcast. We talk about everything from Bears, Bulls, Hawks, Sox, everything. Um, the Chicago Sky even, the Chicago Fire. We talk about everything Chicago related sports. Um, but with that being said, this is a sports team that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time now. I've been a Toronto Blue Jays fan on the low. You know, there's always been someone, I'm a Chicago fan first, first and foremost forever. I'm diehard for life. Um, but the Toronto Blue Jays have been someone, someone I've been very interested in since about, I would say, 2015. Maybe September 2015 when Jose Bautista hit that home run. I believe it was against the Texans in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, don't quote me on that one. But when he did the bat flip and, and the benches cleared and all that, um, that was when I became a Blue Jays fan on the low. I love the unis. I love the history. Uh, I love the fans. I love everything about it. And a big part of it was um, Josh Donaldson. I followed Josh Donaldson his entire career when, when he was back in Chicago. And now, you know, he got, he, went to, he got traded to Toronto. I followed him his entire career there. I even tried to mimic his batting stance and, and, his, and his delivery um, in high school when I was trying to get better at, uh, better at hitting righty. And, and I don't, no one cares. But um, that's, that's what I wanted to say. And that's how I got into being a Blue Jays fan is because of Josh Donaldson. Even though he's not a part of the team anymore, um, maybe he will be again someday. Who knows? But we'll get into all that one day as well. But, um, yeah, that's just what I wanted to say. That's how I became a Toronto Blue Jays fan. I'm still a Chicago fan, die hard for life, but the Blue Jays are my AL team. There's someone I've really always been interested in. I love this young core of guys. I love Vladdy. I love Biggio. I love Kirk. I love Bo Bichette the most. That guy is a stud. Um... I mean, there's no doubt about it that this team is going to be a huge part of the history of the MLB in future years. This team, if it stays together and this core stays intact, I think they could be a problem for many years to come against guys like the Padres, the Dodgers, the Sox, um, the Angels, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and the, and the Braves as well. You can't leave them out. Excuse me. Um, but there's a lot of things that I wanted to get into before we start talking about this. Um, and those were basically the basics. Now, if you haven't already and you are in the Chicago sports, follow Mike on the Mike podcast. I can leave the link in the description. I'll always support it. You guys can go in there. Or if you just like the Toronto Blue Jays, just stay here and hang out. Um, like I said, just thank you guys for all the support. It means the world. Today we're going to be covering, I know I'm a little late. It, today is currently Sunday, April 11th, 2021. We're a little bit late. We're covering uh, three series late. They're currently playing the Angels right now, which is, I'm so behind and I'm so sorry about that. But I just wanted to make everything perfect for you guys. I just wanted to be, you know, something special. I didn't want to just come up with some BS. So I continue to do my history. I continue to do my homework. Um, I can, I should have said I continue to do my homework on the history of the Blue Jays. I didn't want to know guys, you know, uh, I didn't want to not know guys from 20, 30 years back. I, you know, the same way I know about all the guys in Chicago, like Paul Konerko, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, cause I want to be able to relate to you guys. I want to be able to understand, you know, the history, the, 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 the fan favorites, the Kawasaki's, the everything like that. Um, and being a Chicago fan, I do know a lot about Kawasaki, but, um, it's one of those things where, you know, I am three series late, but I am going to cover all three of those series just because, you know, I, I, I want to start from game one to 162 and hopefully more than 162, you know, hopefully they get a world series chance, but, uh, We'll get into all that in another day, but we're going to start off right now with the beginning of game one in the Bronx, opening day, April 1st, 2021. You love to see it. Um, they looked amazing. They really did. Uh, Ryu versus Garrett Cole. The Blue Jays won this game 3-2. to two. Uh, It was a great game. It really was. Um, Gariel won RBI. Hernandez had a home run. Uh, Gertrick had an RBI. He went two for four. It was and uh, Hernandez went three for four. It was an amazing game offensively from the guys you didn't expect to be this good. Um, here's the thing, and I'm not saying those guys aren't good. I'm not saying that at all. But you know, you expect Vlad, you expect Biggio, you expect Simeon, you expect Bo, um, you expect those guys to be the ones who are knocking off everyone's head, especially Garrett Cole of all those of all people. Um, Garrett Cole went 5.1 innings. He had eight Ks, five hits, two errors, and two walks. Ryu, 5.1 innings, four hits, five Ks, one walk, um, and two errors. Now, here's the thing. Why I said that was because if, if you saw, if you were watching the game, Garrett Cole looked so fucking frustrated. It was crazy when he got taken out of the game. I know it's just opening day. They probably wouldn't have taken him out if it wasn't opening day. They probably would have let him finish. They probably would have gave him, I don't know, an inning or two more. Um, but, you know, he's a little rusty. They don't want to, you know, climb up the pitch count. They don't want to go crazy. Um, but they just annihilated this guy. They just annihilated him. Now, yes, he had eight Ks, so don't get me wrong. He had a great game as well in five innings pitched. Um, but it was not the Garrett Cole everyone expected to come out the bat. There were guys who... You know, Garrett probably did not expect those guys to be the ones who knocked him off. Um, Ryu had an amazing game. I think he's definitely going to be the ace of this team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Garrett Cole, to get back to it, the announcers were even laughing at him because he went into the dugout and he just started banging his hand. I believe it was on, like, the bench or, or the wall of the, of the dugout or something. And everyone was like, use your right or use your left hand, use your left hand, because they don't want him to break his right, um, his pitching hand. But, um yeah, I mean, it was just it was just great to see them frustrate him like that because you usually don't see that from Garrett. You really, he's usually very very calm and collected, and you usually don't get the best of him. At least get him to show that kind of emotion. Um, now it is opening day, so he probably was very frustrated. He probably was um, locked in very very hard during the off season, and to start off like that is very frustrating. And to only go five point one innings, um, but yeah, it's it is what it is. You know, Gary Sanchez on the offensive end for the Yankees looked pretty good. Uh, he had a home run. He was one of their only runs of the game. Um, you know, Gary Sanchez is off to a very hot start for them. opening, And we'll get into that in a little bit for game two. Um, I'm not a very big Gary Sanchez fan. I'm really not. I think he's heavily overrated. A lot of people have him over uh, a lot of other catchers that I just don't think... I don't think Gary's anywhere close to being as good as them. Just because defensively as a catcher... Gary's more of a hitter, I feel like, and Gary, you know, defensively as an actual catcher isn't great. You know, like I would put Victor Carantini before I would put um, <laughs> before I would put Gary Sanchez simply because Victor Carantini as a framer, as a catcher, as knowing his pitchers, uh, guys like you, Darvish, you San uh, Joe Musgrove, Musgrove and, and others, you know, he has two no hitters. The last two no hitters in the MLB both belong to Victor Carantini as catcher. Um, you don't see that from Gary. You really don't. Um, 
you know him as the bat. I, I would see Gary as a DH before I would see him as an actual legitimate catcher. That's just my personal opinion. I am not a Gary Sanchez fan. I understand if you do make the case for him. I'm just saying. I know I'm, I'm rambling right now, but that's just all I wanted to say. I'm not a Gary. I'm not a Yankees fan at all. Um, so if you don't agree with me, sorry. Um, but yeah, Gary Sanchez did look great. I'll give him credit when credit is due. Um, yeah, but that's that. Now, we're going into game two. Game two, the Blue Jays lost three to five. This game was a little bit different. I believe it was on April 3rd, if I'm not mistaken. They had the day off, April 2nd. This game was interesting mainly because Stripling and Chatwood. Stripling and Chatwood, you know, Nate Pearson is injured, and that's the worst part about this. He has a groin injury. Um, He's your number one prospect, pitching prospect, that is. There's a couple others that are going to come up in the future as well. But Nate Pearson, I think, is the future of these this Blue Jays rotation, uh, aside from Ryu, obviously. But this is their product. This is their guy that they've homegrown, they've developed, and they've made into their own. I think he is the future. I think he is going to be amazing. His only problem is he's just so young and has been so injured. For me, I think, and, and that happens, you know, when you're young and you're a pitcher, you're trying to get there so fast. I think it's just potentially you're just working yourself too hard to where your body just can't handle it. Um, so for me, I think, you know, Nate, Nate Pearson will be fine. I think he's definitely going to come up. He's definitely going to be fine. He's definitely going to look great. But my big question is health. Can he remain healthy? Can he remain patient enough to allow his body to just get used to being an MLB-ready starting pitcher, you know, 30 starts a year kind of guy? Um, that's the biggest question. That's the biggest unknown. He can definitely pitch in this league. Uh, but it's kind of like a Michael Kopech situation. Um, very different, but very similar in a sense to where their body is just not fully ready for what they're trying to do. For Michael Kopech, for the White Sox, it's something interesting to where he's trying to pump 105 for five to seven innings a game. Um, and it just was not going. It was not going to fold. Um, Nate's different. Nate's not trying to do that. Nate's body is just, I wouldn't say failing him, but just having you know issues. And, and, and that happens. It really does. It happens to everybody's athlete's career. Throughout my career, uh, I've, I've had my own shoulder issues, knee issues, uh, everything. Anything you name it. Um, concussions. I mean, it, 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 whatever it is, you know, everyone's gone through it. Um, but with that being said, I think Nate's going to be great. But this is why I'm talking about it in the first place. I think Ross Stripling and Tyler Chatwood are amazing for this team. And here's the thing. Why it's great is because what they can be, what they can be for this team. As a Chicago native, as I said, I know what it's like to have Tyler Chatwood as a part of the rotation um, and in the bullpen. I mean, I've seen the guy as a hitter as well. He's not bad. Um, But when you're in the AL, you don't got to worry about that, obviously. But, you know, when you have a guy like Pearson and you know for a fact there's a chance that he could get injured sometime throughout the season. Now, this this isn't going to be like uh, a season-ending injury. But, you know, you'd miss him for a few starts. That's why you have guys like Ross Stripling. He was a part of the Dodgers organization. He was a starter. Um, now he's in the bullpen. But now he can come up and give you 3.1 innings, 7 hits, 5 Ks, and 3 errors. Then you have Tyler Chatwood, who's great in the bullpen, but can come up as a starter. You know, you saw that in Chicago. You saw that in other places. Um, he gave you 0.2 innings, 2 hits, and, and one, uh, 1 strikeout. It was one of those things, though, where you're really interested in this team because... You can you have the bullpen to do it. I truly do believe, you know, they do need a couple more bigger names. Um, I think grabbing Yates from the Padres was huge. Um, you know, he's on a one-year deal, so you're going to have to re-sign him again in the offseason. Um, there's other guys like Trevor Bauer who you could can also go after in the offseason. Uh, again, because I think someone like Trevor Bauer would make this 
um, would make this rotation just elite. You would have Ryu, Trevor Bauer, um, whichever way you want to put those two. It really doesn't. You really can't go wrong with it. Um, then you got Pearson, and then you got Stripling, and and, and more, and, and so on and so forth. You have Chatwood. It, it just it continues to go on. I'm, you know, I know I'm missing names, but it's not the main focus right now. Um, this team looks good. And, and George Springer isn't even here yet. George Springer still remains injured. I forget exactly what he has going on with him. Um, but, you know, we will see him soon. I definitely do think by sometime within this month, by the end of the month uh, or, or early May, he will be back. I'm excited to see him as a part of the team. Um, back to the game, though. I mean, Simeon, two for four, one home run, two RBIs, looked great. Um, Corey Kluber was pitching for the New York Yankees, which was it was it was exactly what you expected it to be. Here's the thing about Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber is not going to be that guy anymore who's going seven to eight. You know, he's not going to be that guy in 2016 that we all that we all rooted for when he was on the Indians. Um, not me specifically, but as a baseball fan, you know what I mean. You just love this stuff. It was nasty. Um, you know, with Bauer and Clevenger and others, it, it was just crazy. Um, that that rotation, when you really look at it, if they were all there and at their peak at the same time. Whew, Three-headed goat right there. Um, but Corey Kluber, four innings pitched, five hits, five Ks, one error. Um, it's one of those things where you really just look at it and you, and you appreciate it because you know he's older now. I believe he's almost 40 years old. Um, or he is 40, I forget. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what you expected, especially coming off an injury last year. Yeah, he's going to ease his way into it. Maybe he, if, if he's lucky, he gives you five to six, seven innings. Um, but I wouldn't expect that all the time, especially for at his age. I expect him to be something more of the three to four in the rotation. You know, we're not really going to get deep into it. But, um, yeah, I think he did a great job for what he did. Um, you know, the Yankees bullpen is deep. So I think that's something really special to consider. Uh, they will have Corey Kluber's back. Um, he looked great against us. He looked great in general. Um, this game was a little bit better. You have Bo Bichette. He had a hit. Uh, Vladdy had a hit. Everybody pretty, except Telez pretty much had a hit. Um, just wasn't enough to get it done. But Gary Sanchez with another home run. You hate to see that. That's what I mean. I mean, Gary offensively can be great. But I think as a catcher, as catchers are viewed in the MLB, what my point was trying to, what my point I was trying to make was, is that the actual position of the catcher should be viewed as that. I mean, your framing. Uh, your your throwing ability. You're able to hit somebody on the run. I mean, I just think it's totally ignored now. You basically just look at a catcher by batting average. I think, you know, if you really want to look at it from that perspective, that's fine. Um, But personally, I view it a lot more than just if you can hit the baseball. I think you could be an everyday catcher and still bat like 240. I mean, that's just the facts. As long as you're an amazing catcher at the position, not as an offensive unit, um, that's that's just a perk. That's just a perk. That's just another step. Um, that's just something everyone's excited to see. Everyone wants to see the catcher be able to hit 20 to 30 home runs a year. Um, but, you know, that's not really why they're there. I mean, it's part of it. You know, don't get me wrong. But um, I just think you need to see more from Gary Sanchez before we start calling him a top three, top five catcher in this league. Um, but anyways, the Blue Jays did lose three to five. The very next day, we're going to be talking about game three on April 4th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, April 4th, 2021, the Blue Jays win 3-1. to one. They win the series 2-1 to one, um, in a three-game series. TJ Zuck, I believe is how you say his name. Um, please forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, four innings, three hits, one, wa- uh, one, one strikeout. You have German. German only went three innings. It was crazy to me. 
it's crazy to me to think about like I, when I read this stat because I actually didn't I wasn't able to catch the game. Um, I, I said, how did he only go three innings? That bullpen had to have been exhausted. Um, but it really wasn't. It really wasn't. They won three to one. Um, now the thing is about German. German only went three innings, four hits, one walk, two strikeouts, and three errors. Um, then King came in and pitched. Michael King, if you're not if you're not uh, familiar with his name, pitched six innings. One hit, one walk, and then uh, three strikeouts. Now, here's the thing about that. Um, you know, German Domingo German is supposed to be a very good player. Um, he has a lot of upside, but they the Yankees just optioned him, I believe, 20 hours ago. They optioned him um, after another rough start, another rough outing. The kid has a lot of potential. He's 28 years old. You know, there's, there's a lot to do with that. But um, I just think, you know, sometimes... Change of scenery, where you're at, something just doesn't work out. Um, and I think it's really not working out for him. So, I mean, it is what it is, but, you know, they don't have to worry about him anymore. But I was really I was really disappointed with him, you know, coming into the Yankees and just not living up to what he should be. Um, and I, I bet Yankees fans are as well, especially with Severino out. Um, yeah, that's just really disappointing. But um, speaking of... Uh, Speaking of Simeon, I know that's not the same name, but whatever. Um, he zeroes around the board again. He's looking a lot better as of late. Um, Biggio zeroes around the board. Bo Bichette had one hit. Hernandez zeroes around the board. Vlad Jr. was the one holding it up today. Um, he had a home run. It was amazing. And then Gertrude had two two RBI home run, two run home run. Um, that's what, honestly what did it. There, there wasn't any special offense in this game. It was just Vladdy. And uh, and uh, Ryan Gucic, Gurchik, or Randall Gurchik, I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, that's honestly what did it for them. That was what won the game. Um, offensively, the whole team as a unit was not great. Um, but those two really held it down, and I was really happy to see that. Um, but, yeah, that's the first series. That's opening week, baby. We're happy to get it off the board. We're happy to get it out the way. And I, I just hope we continue to have healthy baseball. No COVID, none of that. Um, you just love to see it. So with that being said, that was the first home opening stand for the Toronto Blue Jays of 2021. We're going to be getting into the next one. They went into Texas. They played against the Rangers. Game one was Mats versus, uh, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. I'm sorry. Fulte Nuizic. Nuizic. Something like, I, I'm not even going to try. Mats, though, very, very impressive. 6.1 innings, 9 Ks, 2 hits, 1 walk. The man, honestly, here's one of those things that's very interesting to me is like, the Toronto Blue Jays rotation isn't bad. If Matt can continue to be elite, it's one of those things where, you know, if Tyler Chatwood can find a stride, if Ross Stripling can continue to be what he was with the Dodgers, I mean, you could, and Ryu, of course, you could potentially be a great rotation once Nate Pearson continues to develop as well. There's no doubt in my mind that they could be good. Um, we're going to talk about game two on why we're holding them back, but uh, we'll save that for a little bit. But it was a great game. I mean, you have Biggio and Simeon back-to-back home runs. Blue Jays win this game 6-2. Uh, the starting pitcher for the Rangers, we're not going to say his name, um, four innings, seven Ks, four hits, four errors, and three walks. Um, I mean, yeah, they just completely annihilated this guy. And, I mean, it was a great win all around for the Toronto Blue Jays. I was really happy to see that because, you know, the Texans are one of those teams where – not the Texans, I'm sorry. The Rangers are one of those teams where when when you play bad teams and you're trying to be a contender, you need to annihilate them. Like when you play the Pirates, when you play the Rockies, when you play um, the, the Rangers and so on and so forth, when you play the Orioles or the Tigers, you need to dominate them. 
you need to be impressive. You need to stomp on them every single way you can. So to see the offense actually click in this one and the pitching actually really exceed, it shows me that this team could be a lot better than expected um, very early on. I know this team is very young, but we really don't know what we're going to see from these guys yet because potentially they could make it all the way to the ALCS if they really wanted to. We really don't know. Um, they could be a first-round exit in the playoffs. They could miss the playoffs completely. We really don't know, especially with the catching situation. You have Kirk, you have Jansen. Um, they're really still trying to figure out all that. I like Kirk a lot. Um, he's so young. I believe he's like 22, 24 years old. Um, but yeah, we're going to figure out a lot about that. BGO and Simeon, amazing, um, amazing additions, continuing to get better, continuing to strive. Um, and we're going to be talking about the additions too towards the end of this um, but I mean, I think there's a lot of things that go into that as well. You really do have to look at it. Like what made this team so successful so fast? If you want to talk about the new arrivals, we can already, just to get it out of the way. Um, from the athletics and free agency, they got Marcus Simeon. He's a shortstop. Amazing. Um, I believe they moved him to second base because they wanted Bo Bichette to be the shortstop. George Springer, free agent from the Astros. You already know he's an amazing talent. Um, Tommy Malone. You have the free agent from the Braves, Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray is someone very interesting, I think, uh, moving forward. Kirby Yates from the Padres, Tyler Chatwood, T David Phelps, Joe Panic, uh, Travis Bergen. I mean, a lot of these guys, they got Travis in a trade from the D-backs, actually. Um, they didn't get him in free agency, but everyone else was a free agent. Um, and amazing, amazing acquirements, and, and not bad deals at all. I mean, the George Springer one was pretty uh, atrocious, like, financially speaking, um, but, I mean, you know, if he continues to develop the way he has in recent years, I see no reason why it doesn't work out in the long run. Um, but yeah, that's what I got for that. I think it's going to be very interesting. I think it's going to be something we're going to be able to talk about a lot. Um, if you're wondering why I'm going so fast through these things, it's because I'm trying to catch up on all of this one episode um, on all the games we've missed so far. So we have nine games to talk about. Um, I'm planning on doing this for about 35 to 45 minutes. Um, I don't want to bore you guys. I don't want you guys to wait here. But trust me, when I'm going to be doing this series, um, doing this podcast series by series. So I will take about, you know, 10 minutes to talk about each game, 10 minutes plus of each series. I just wanted to get through this one quicker so you guys aren't bored out of your mind. But um, yeah, I mean, it, honestly, once George Springer and all of them get back, Robbie Ray and all of them, I'm really excited to see what this actual team can do. And Nate Pearson, of course. Um, when fully healthy because we haven't even seen that yet and they're already on a great stretch now the Blue Jays won this game they were currently sitting at like three and one if I'm not mistaken um, and they dropped the next two they lose the game two to the Rangers um, four to seven you know Rourke here's the problem with Rourke he went three innings six hits two K's um, it did not look good it did not look good at all for him you know he I believe he makes like 12 million dollars a year which if he was making like maybe like four million dollars something like that two to four um i would see you know he's a perfect signing he's a good he's a great signing um but to 12 million dollars i mean that is just outrageous and i think you know it is what it is you just gotta bite it and you just gotta own it until the contract is up but he's definitely not going to be a part of the plans long term especially if they're going to be looking at someone like trevor bauer in the future um you got other guys as well and potential trade deadline pieces we're going to be talking about you know closer to like June, July. Um, but Rourke is not the one. Now, Dan Dunning started for the Rangers, which is crazy because I totally forgot the White Sox even traded him for Lance Lynn. Um, not, not that Lance Lynn is amazing. He just had a, he just had a complete game the other day with like 11 Ks, um, which is very unfortunate for the Rangers because, um, Dan Dunning did not look great. Five innings, six Ks, three hits. Um, but Bo Bichette knocked two home runs. This game was a Bo Bichette show. 
Now, they did end up losing this game 4-7, to but Vladdy had a great slide at home plate on a wild pitch. Bo Bichette had an amazing two-run bomb. I mean, his first two home runs of the of the year. Um, that's that's my main thing right now. My main thing is you were building this team. I thought you were building it around Vladdy. I really did. Um, and then Bo came up, and I realized like how much I really wanted to cover this team is because of how talented those two are together. And contract structure wise, I mean, they're they're around the same pace. It reminds me so much of, you know, um, other teams I followed in the past. But I'm really excited for these two to just continue to tear up the league and be a dynamic duo for years to come. And you have BGO, um, you have other guys as well we're going to be getting into. We're going to have this conversation. I can't wait to get into that for the Angels series which was a blast. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they lost this game, unfortunately, but I was really happy. It was the Bo Bouchette show. Bo- Bowie bombs everywhere. You love to see it. Um, going into game three. Going into game three, Ryu pitched again. Seven innings, seven hits, seven strikeouts. Kind of crazy. Uh, Simeon Homer, they won this game, or they lost this game two to one. Gibson pitched six innings, six hits, eight Ks. Um, really unfortunate. You hate to see that, but they did lose this series uh, one to two against the Rangers, which sucks because you really do need to win these games. Like I said, when you play bad teams, you need to be great. I understand your pitching staff isn't fully healthy yet, um, but when you have Ryu pitching in one of those games, that's an instant dub. That needs to be a win. You need to give that man more than one. It feels like Jacob deGrom out here sometimes where it's just like he does not get the run support that he deserves. I mean, he's had games where he allowed one hit or less like 87 times in, in 185 games that he started in his career. Um, which I think is fucking insane, uh, like off the charts insane, and and he still loses a bunch of the, more the majority of those games because the Mets are so bad. Um, maybe maybe you know times are about to change with Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you know time time will only tell. But so far it hasn't been good. Um, but yeah, that's honestly Simeon is the only real, and Ryu of course is the only real. Uh, Notable thing to talk about for that game. They didn't end up losing that game 2-1. to one. Very unfortunate. Now we're headed to the Angels. So the first game against the Angels was actually a freaking knockout. It was phenomenal. I think it went into like the 11th inning, if I'm not mistaken. Mike Trout damn near hit for the cycle. He was one triple shy. Uh, amazing game all around. The Blue Jays lost 7-5. to five. The Angels are currently sitting at 5-2 and two at the time. The Angels dropped to 3-4. and four. Um, Pitching-wise... Um, let me check. The Angels had uh, Canning. Canning went 5.1 innings, three hits, four errors, seven strikeouts, one walk. Um, on the Angel, or on the Blue Jays, Blue Jays side of things, we had Ross Stripling, five innings, six hits, five strikeouts, four errors, and one walk. That's the kind of thing from Stripling I think could be very interesting moving forward. Um, you also have guys like Thornton. You know, he goes inning in uh, 1.1 inning, two strikeouts, one hit. Um, Zero walks, one error. It's one of those things where I think this team could go really deep if potentially Ross Stripling can continue to get better. Um, This game was amazing. This game all around. You had Vlad going off. You had uh, Bo going off. You had Biggio going off. I mean, Simeon was the only one that was really quiet. He was at the DH spot. Um, Oddly enough, Guerrero was going off. Uh, It was just just a great game all around. Uh, Otani was going crazy. It was was just a great game. It was really something special. Um, they did end up losing that game, you know, seven to five, like I said, but, um, you know, it is what it is that happens. It's, it's, it's expected, you know, it's a great offensive juggernaut in the angels. So when you have guys like Ross Stripling as your number one pitcher, um, going into the game, not, you know, in a, as a whole, but just into that game, you know, it's, it's kind of expected. So you really do just need to continue to have great outings from Ross, 
Um, this is where it gets a little choppy. You know, the second game, April 9th, it was pretty rough. It was pretty rough. They lost 7-1. to one. It was a bad game. It really was a bad game all around. Um, I forgot who pitched for uh, the Angels. It was Andrew Andrew Heaney, I, th- I believe it is. He went six innings, nine strikeouts, three hits, two walks. Um, on the Blue Jay side of things, we had uh, David Phelps. I mean, he was all right. Um, you had Zuich go three innings as well. I mean, uh, two strikeouts, four strikeouts between the two of them. Um, Payamps had three strikeouts as well. He went two and a half innings, and you had Tice go two innings. It was just a, it was just a bad game all around. Simeon was one, and Simeon Gurchix and. Uh, Vladdy and Bo were really the only ones being uh, productive offensively. Biggio had two walks, but other than that, it really would, it just wasn't a great offensive game by the Blue Jays. Um, you know, and that's expected with such a young team. It was something. It's one of those things where they're going to be so good, but they need guys like George Springer back for that reason. You need that veteran presence to be able to snap these guys out of whatever's going on. You need someone to help them and guide them to continue to be better. Something that's going to help them all, you know, just reach that certain potential that we all know they could reach. Um, and George Springer will be that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm certain, you know, when he comes back, this offense is going to be a juggernaut. This offense is going to go insane if bearing injury. You know, Marcus, Simeon, um, you have a veteran in him. You have George Springer. You have all these guys. You have young guys like Vladdy, uh, Bo, Biggio, and Kirk, and Jansen, and all these guys. I'm just really excited. And, and Gurchick and all of them. Uh, Guerrero and and it just continues to go on and on and, and it's just a great unit. I just think it's going to be something really special moving forward. Um, not trying to you know suck up to them or make them sound better than they are, but I'm just really excited for this team. And here's why: going into Game Three last night, holy crap! What an amazing game. The Blue Jays win fifteen to one against the Angels. Pitching for the Angels was Jose Quintana. Um, <laughs> yeah, used to that, but um. As a Chicago fan, uh, you know, uh, Stephen Metz, again, six innings, four strikeouts, five hits, three walks, one error, had another amazing outing. I think if he can continue to be that guy by the time uh, Pearson comes back, I think you got a solid three guys right there. Ross Stripling and Tyler Chatwood, if they can continue to get better, um, we'll really have to see what this, this rotation has to offer. Um, as long as you can get Rourke out of there or at least be the fifth starter, I think you're in a pretty solid spot. Um, mid-season trade potentially you have a lot of shortstops in the top 100 um, you really don't need them with BGO and, and, and Marcus and then you got Bo I mean there's just a lot of guys you don't need in that in that farm system I believe they have the third ranked farm system in the in the MLB so I, you could definitely do a lot with that you know there's a lot to be said with a farm system and I think a lot of it is you need to continue to maintain it you need to continue to make it better Every single year, no matter where you're placing, whether you're a World Series champion or not, you see the Dodgers are perfect at that. They're amazing at acquiring guys who you never even heard of and turning them into stars. They still, after winning the World Series and being in the World Series for the last how many years? Three to four years. I mean, they continue to have a bunch of top prospects in the, in the pipeline, in the farm system. Um, I'm really excited about it. But um, finally, you know, I just wanted to say Bo Bichette. Four at-bats, three runs, two hits, five RBIs. This was another Bo Bichette game. You love to see it. You want to see him continue to get it better. Um, you just it, it was just an amazing game all around, and especially against guys like Otani um, and others. 
it's just one of those things where you just got and, and Trout and Rendon, like you gotta be there offensively to defeat teams like this. And they were there full heartedly. I loved to see it. I loved to see every single part of this game. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that they, they could go up against any offensive unit in this league, especially with George Springer coming back. Um, they they definitely could take on anybody in the AL, like the Angels, the Yankees, the White Sox. Um, you, it, it's honestly, it all just comes down to how fast they're going to mature and how fast they're going to grow and develop. Um, and I think they're they're up there with just about everybody else. I think they're already surpassing the Sox, and just because the Sox just continue to remain inconsistent. Once Luis Robert, um, you know Mercedes and and and, and Madrigal and all of them get better, then we're going to have an argument to make, and there's going to be a discussion to be had on who's better when they're all at their peak. But until then, they could definitely take advantage of a weaker uh, American League this year. You know, obviously you have the Braves, the Padres, and the Dodgers. I don't know why I said the Braves first. Um, they're obviously the third best in the NL. Um, but, uh, you know, you could definitely get to the World Series, especially with the Rays losing as much as they did. I mean, I just think this is definitely a year the Toronto Blue Jays should play for playoff contention, for experience, to continue to get better, continue to thrive, and to continue to just grow and develop as not only as players but as human beings as as a as a team because they need to be able to come in with that chemistry going into 2022 potentially grabbing someone like Trevor Bauer or someone along those lines there's other players as well on the trade deadline and on the chopping block but we're not really going to be talking about that now it's too early to tell but um that's all I really got for you guys today thank you guys for listening the next series starts next uh tomorrow against the uh the New York Yankees if I'm not mistaken the Blue Jays still aren't playing in Canada yet, unfortunately. Or not Canada, in Toronto, I mean. Um, they're saying potentially by like May 24th or something like that. Um, but we'll, we'll keep you updated on that and all, all Toronto Blue Jays things. Um, thank you guys for listening. This is the very first Blue Jays uh, podcast. I'm so excited to start doing this. This means the world to me. Um, I hope you guys liked it. Thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes. Peace out.